Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you. I was just at uh, family camp for for most of the weekend, and God is doing a good work uh, up in the mountains. And uh, our dear brother uh, Jared Kenning has been uh, teaching us up there on our identity in Christ, and has really been ministering to us. And so uh, we just uh, know that today will be another blessed day as they wrap up at family camp. And I uh, love that place up there. So. It was a joy. I wanted to uh, tell you, I, I've shared this story a while ago, but uh, I wanted to share it again. When I was uh, just finishing up at Westmont College, I went out uh, across uh, the United States. My buddy and I, uh, Eric, who was my roommate of four years at Westmont, we uh, traveled, uh, we basically zigzagged across the United States and visited all of our uh, young life friends and church friends and and the goal was to end up in in Washington D.C. where we worked for uh, the, with a group, the National Prayer Breakfast, the fellowship out in D.C., the group that puts on the prayer breakfast every year. And when I was at Westmont, my final year, I met this beautiful blonde girl. Her name was Kina, and fell radically in love with her. Um, but then I took off. Uh, to D.C. She had one more year of school. And uh, so I knew that I wanted to be with her. And I knew I wanted her if she would take me to be my wife. And so when we were in Boston, actually a little little town, uh, Wenham, Massachusetts, I went uh, with uh, my godparents, John and Marty Fisher, and we, uh, actually Marty took me to this uh, jewelry store that she knew of. And so on the way to D.C., I picked up the ring for Kina. And uh, you guys know when you buy that ring, uh, that sucker never leaves your side. I mean, you got that thing, and, and I, I had it every day. I didn't want to lose that thing. And so we ended up in Washington, D.C. And uh, the, the group, the fellowship, had, had a farm in Easton, uh, Maryland. And it was a huge farm where they did ministry there, where they... Uh, brought a bunch of people out. It was just a beautiful setting, right on the Chesapeake Bay. And they had, they had on this farm, it was the longest dock into the Chesapeake Bay. It was a quarter of a mile long. It was just gorgeous. And the sunsets there were unbelievable. And so there came the time where Kina was going to come visit me uh, in the D.C. area. And I just couldn't wait uh, because it was going to be the time to finally hand that ring over, hopefully, to her. And she showed up, and uh, just the, the butterflies, and, and was so nervous. And, and uh, I'd set up uh, with my buddy. Uh, we got some good music playing and, and uh, out on the dock, and I had a little, little setup, of just really romantic, out on the end of the dock. And, and uh, we walk out there together, and actually, the night before was perfect. It was calm. The sunset was fantastic. The day that I wanted to take her out there to propose... Uh, it was windy, and, uh, and, and the water was pretty rough. And so I'm like, hey, let's go take a walk, you know? And she's like, no, it's freezing. <laughs> I, I don't want to go take a walk. I'm like, no, really, you want to take a walk. Let's go take a walk. <laughs> and uh, so I finally got her out there and, and uh, got down on my knee in that ring and said, would you like to have the golden opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> no, I begged her. And so would you become my wife? And she said she would. She had to go back to Westmont in Santa Barbara, all the way across the United States. And I stayed in Washington, D.C. But I told her this. 
I said, I'm going to finish up here. And with this ring, my commitment is to you that I'm going to come back. I'm going to be your husband. 21 years ago, so that's a pretty special time. But I will come back for you. I'm not going to stay here in Washington, D.C. I'm going to come back and take you to be my bride. And the reason I tell that story is because that's what Jesus says to his disciples. And it's what he says to us as followers of Jesus Christ. Listen to the Gospel of John. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back, and I will take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, We don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And nobody shall come to the Father but through me. Jesus' words to his disciples. And his words to you and me. We continue to, to walk in the dust of the rabbi as we follow Jesus and his journey. And I chose to to jump ahead a little bit towards the end of Jesus' ministry uh, for a couple reasons. Um, I think our body has just been going through it. We have been going through a lot of uh, physical struggle. We've been facing a lot of death, the loss of of ones that we love deeply. And so I want to bring us to a place... uh, to where Jesus brought his disciples, to a place of hope, to be reminded of who they were and where they were going, to, to come to a place in Jesus' understanding of us and our brokenness and our fear of the future. What happens when our bodies fail us? What happens when life turns upside down? What happens when we lose someone that we love deeply? And Jesus knows that in the middle of those times, we become troubled. He knows that we hurt. He knows we become fearful. And so he's in the upper room. It's towards the end of his ministry. And he wants to minister to his disciples like he wants to minister to you and me. Let let me remind you, Jesus says, of who I am, of where you are going, of what this is all about so that you can have hope, and so that your faith will deepen. And so Jesus is taking us to a place where he wants our faith to deepen in him, to grow. And he wants us to know that he's with us, and he wants us to know the hope of heaven. And so he ministers to disciples, and he starts out this way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You see... The disciples had been hanging out with Jesus and there started to be some uprising. Lots of people wanted Jesus dead. And guess who else they wanted dead? 
those guys that hung out with Jesus. And so you've got to know they were fearful of their lives, that they might lose them. And they weren't quite sure how this was all going to work out. They were also fearful because Jesus had been walking with them and had been making mention that he was going to be leaving. That's the rabbi. That's the one they chose to give up everything to follow. Lord, we we leave our nets. We leave everything we know because we want to follow you. And now you're telling us you're leaving. That's a fearful place to be. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. They were wondering how they would function without him. Later on in this chapter, in verse 18, he promises, listen, I will not leave you as orphans. And then he speaks about his Holy Spirit coming, which each of us as followers of Jesus Christ have. The promises of God. Let me comfort you, dear disciples. I don't want your hearts to be troubled. I want you to believe to trust in me. I want you to trust in the Father and I want you to believe in me, the Son. I want you to trust in God who's still in control of life. And don't forget it. When you think things are just going nuts, Jesus is saying, dear disciple, dear follower, dear child, Don't forget who the Father is. Place your trust in Him. You will continue to walk with Him, and He has you. He has a hold of you. And I want you to believe in me. I want you to trust in me, Jesus says, because I am the one. All the power of God is made manifest in me. Your life will be manifest in me. And I want you to understand the connection between the Father and me. And we are followers of Jesus Christ. He's saying, don't be troubled in the middle of these circumstances. The Father has it in control. The Father and I are one. I have this connection. And I want you to trust in me. You realize, and I know you know this, and it just gets hard along the journey. The Lord is always in the business of growing us up. And as followers of Jesus Christ, he's he's stretching our faith, isn't he? And he's conforming us into his image, the scriptures remind us of. And that's what he's doing with his disciples. But he's saying, listen, and he says this to you right where you're at. I know you're afraid. I know you don't understand this loss, this death of a, of a dear one. It doesn't make any sense. I know you don't understand why you're going through physical struggle. But right in the middle of that, I want you to to trust in me, that I have your life, that I love you. And that's what he does with his disciples in that upper room, as they're absolutely afraid. Because he says, I'm coming for you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm coming back. And I think he's speaking twofold here. I think he's speaking that he will, will come back and he will come to be with them. And I think he's speaking of his spirit, one, that he will send his spirit. They won't walk this life alone. He will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think he's reminding his disciples, as he does for you and me, 
Hey, guess what, gang? There's more to life than this. We're just aliens passing through. There is heaven. And I want to give you the hope of heaven. I want you to know that there is eternal life, life with me. I want you to know there's going to be new life in me. And he ministers to them that they might understand and and not be fearful so that they might start to trust. I think for us, as we learn to follow the Lord, right in the middle of our fear, I hope we can hear the Spirit saying, don't let your hearts be stirred by this. The Father's with you, and the Son loves you and is with you. The Spirit is sent to be by your side. It reminds me of, of when we're children and when we're, we're learning to swim. And do you remember the moment? Try to think back when you learned to swim. We have, we have at our house, um, I built this uh, big deck in the backyard, and, and I built a deck around a, uh, it's just an above-ground pool. It's four feet deep, uh, an 18-foot round pool, and then there's a nice deck around the whole thing. Done lots of baptisms there. It's been really fun. But this is where I've taught my kids to swim. Now, when they're little, and they're in this pool, which is not very deep, maybe when the water's in it, actually, it's only three and a half feet deep. But it seems huge, doesn't it, to a little kid? I mean, they're going under. They're, they're not as tall as the water is, the level. And so they're sinking. And then me, as a father, I stand in the pool and I go, this is a tiny pool. And I stand way above. And there's no problem for me being in the pool. And like you have done probably with your children, or maybe that your parents did with you, and they were like, hey, don't worry. I'm right here in the pool with you. I'm right here in the pool with you. Okay, stay on the side, and I'm going to step back three steps. Are you ready? And I want you to move your arms and your legs, and you come towards me. Right? We've all been there. And then they start to swim. And when they start to go under a little bit, what do you do? You let them go under. (laughs) No, of course. What do you do? You grab them as quickly as possible. And you pull them up and you hold them up in your arms. Like, hey, I got you. I got you. You ready to go again? Okay, Dad. You know, trembling. And what do you say? Hey, don't be afraid. I'm right here with you. Do you, do you remember, we're, we're made in the image of the Father. Everything in the way we treat our children, that's all of God. Do you understand that? And if you don't think God loves us the same way we're loving our kids, uh, you're kidding yourselves. We, we, are, we are made in the image of the Father. And you know, even, even kind of crummy parents still are going to grab their kids out of the water. You know what I mean? I, I would hope. I know some of you are scarred. I, this group right here. <laughs> but then what do you do? The, the parent, you know, steps back a couple more steps. Ready? Swim again. And then they reach. And guess what happens? They finally start to swim. And they're reaching out for the father. And they're starting to trust that they can make it. And they're starting to trust that dad's got them. 
not going to let them go under. Do you understand what Jesus is saying here? I know you're afraid. I know it feels like the water is over your head. I'm right here in the pool. And trust me, God is much bigger than that pool. And he will pull us up out. But we need to reach for the Father in faith. We need to reach for the Father as we're swimming. God is in the business of growing us up in our faith. And he stretches us, doesn't he? He does. But boy, when we're hit with stuff that makes no sense and we are afraid and we feel like we're covered up and sinking, he's saying, well, you trust in me. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I want to remind you of the hope that you have in me, the hope you have in life of eternity. You should have a hope of heaven. We shouldn't just think about things of this earth. We are heaven-bound people as followers of Jesus Christ. That's a great hope we have. And so he ministers to his disciples right in the middle of that. Listen to the promises of God. One thing about the promises of God is that you can stand firm on them. He does not lie to us. He does not say things just for the heck of it. He wants to give us truth so that we might have life and so that we might have hope, so that we can develop our faith, so that we can hold on to him who says he is our life. Here's the promise. When the disciples are scared to death, what's going to happen with our life? Our Jesus says he's leaving. We got the Jews, the angry Jews who want to kill us along with Jesus. What do we do when life is spun around like that and we're scared? And I love how Jesus ministers to his disciples because he knows, like you and me, that we get afraid, we get fearful. So he says this. Here's the promises. Listen. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In my Father's house are many rooms. In my Father's house. In the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. There are many rooms. Some scriptures say mansions. I don't think that's a good translation. Rooms really is, it's really just a place that you reside. It's a residence. There are many places that will be for you to reside in my Father's house, in his eternal kingdom. You need to know that for you, there is a place. As a child of God, one who has chosen the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he has a place for you, and it will be in the Father's kingdom. We don't totally know what that's going to be like, do we? But God gives us some pictures and he allows us to to dream and he allows us to have images from scripture and he gives us a taste of his love and and he gave us a taste of what the garden was like before the enemy got a hold of it. Eternity, God's kingdom. I wanted to show you uh, Versailles. I was just there with my son in France. King Louis' little palace. This is his spread as you walk out his back door from his palace. And as it goes on, it shows, it shows the whole arena of his... Just go ahead and go through those. His gardens everywhere, beautiful gardens. The flowers are astounding. I really enjoy flowers. Don't tell too many people that. But look at this. In my father's house, 
as all his splendor and all his beauty and everything about him for you to enjoy. His little palace with the lakes and the trees. And you can walk and enjoy and you can go into the house. And here's just one of the rooms, King Louis' bed. And here's where you can just come and enjoy the, the water and the grounds and the beauty of all that is given. And as human beings, and what we know, you see, all of this is God-given. Even the creativity to make the mansion, the palace, that's all of the Lord. In my house are many rooms, and in my house it is going to be for you, and I'm going and I'm preparing a place for you, and it'll be sprawling, and it'll be magnificent because it's of God and it's good and it's perfect. In my house, I will prepare a place for you. That's his promise to us. It's in his father's house. And again, we don't know exactly what that looks like. But do you understand? I mean, this is just a tinge of man's creativity and beauty and then we get to receive all of God's beauty in eternity, everything back to perfect. Go ahead and dream. Let God minister to you that guess what? There's more than this place. There's more than Boise, Idaho. I know that's hard to believe. There's more. And I'm going and I'm preparing a place for you in my Father's house. And it will be magnificent. And again, we don't comprehend totally, but here's what Isaiah says. Heaven is my throne, God says, and earth is my footstool. What is the house which you would build for me? What is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made, and so all of these things are mine, God says in Isaiah 66. And Jesus says, I'm going there, and I'm preparing a place for you in my Father's house. And I want you to know that you're going to go there too as followers of mine. He's trying to minister to us in life now and he's trying to give us hope. Not only for this daily living, but for the future. You can be assured. You can be assured that there is life, eternal life, forever with the Father in his place. Whatever that may look like, I'll let God minister that to you. And you will go there. Whether he comes back or whether we die on this planet, we will go there. And all I can really say from the scriptures is it's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms where we can play football. It's a big house. And dear saints, sometimes just reflect upon that in the middle of the upside-down journey. You can bank on the promises of God. And here's what he promises. I want you to know that the house is big. I want you to know that I'm going to take you there. And here's the promise. I want your faith to increase 
because I will go there and I will prepare a place for you. The reason I started with my story and my engagement with Kina is because this whole section of Scripture is marriage talk. I don't want you to miss this. This section of Scripture is what you would say when you were getting ready to propose to your bride. This is marriage talk of Jewish culture. This isn't just, I want to give you hope. The Lord is bringing in the whole image of guess who's the bridegroom and guess who's the bride. And I don't want you to miss it. We went to a place in Israel called Katsurim, and I want to show some pictures of it. Because it's a community, it's a first century Jewish community, that what happened is it was a real community, and then they built they built this entire community on top of it so that we could have an understanding. Why don't you pause that one for a minute? So that we could have an understanding of, of what it was like in first century Jesus' time to have a community and what the buildings were like and what was taking place in the community. And so Katsrin, which is into, into the north of Israel, up by Caesarea Philippi, is this incredible rebuilding of a first century Jewish uh, uh, village. And again, there was a village there, and then they just built it up from what the remnants were so that we could understand. And then each village had the olive press. Now, here's what would happen, okay? There would be someone like me who would want to marry beautiful Kina. And so I would go to her father, Tom, and I would say, Tom, I love your daughter. And I want to marry her. And we would work out a deal. A couple camels, whatever it would take. I love Kina, but there was this whole process. And then if he agreed to that, then I would go back to Kina and I would say, your father said it was okay. And I love you and I'm going to marry you. And I live in this village and Kina lives in Santa Barbara. Alright? Here's my promise to Kina. I will come back. I need to go and I need to prepare a place for you. Show some other pictures here. In this village, all of the rooms, what would happen is there would be the main father's house. This is one of the olive presses that was going on. In the village and in the community, and this just gives you an idea of what it was like inside. But we would go, and what I would do is I'd go to my father and I would start to build our house and it would be attached to the Father's house. And so what you'll see in this village, that's the synagogue there, is you'll see all of the homes are right next to one another. This is the upstairs loft and all the, the entrances in the room. And so my Father's house would be over here, and then I would start to build my house that would be in this village of Katsurim. And I would build it so that I could go and get my wife and bring her back with me to where I am. In my father's house, in this village, there are many rooms. And of course, 
I am going to go and I will come and get you. The promise of Jesus is this. And you need to hear it in light of the bridegroom speaking to his bride. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. I want you to know that in my Father's house are many rooms. And here again is the thing about God's promises. If it were not so, I wouldn't even mention it. Don't miss that part. Why would God give us this? Just for the heck of it? No, because it's true. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. So listen, dear bride, I'm going back to my father's house. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And just like me, and just like you, when you met your beautiful bride, and you couldn't wait to be joined together with her. But it wasn't until all of this was done. Don't you know that if I prepare a place for you, don't you know, of course, I will come back for you. Don't you know? You're my bride-to-be. Don't you know I will take you with me? I'm not going to go and prepare this home, and I didn't fall in love with you, all just to say, well, that was nice. You're going to be my bride, and I will take you to be with me where I am. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the hope we have in Christ? Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas, I think is more honest Thomas, don't you? I mean, he's a guy who just really didn't get it, and he wanted to know. Well, you say you're going to take us, and we know the way, but what, what is the way? And Jesus promises, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You see, Thomas, this connection that the Father and I have, this is the way you will have life. It's through me. Relationship with me. And I'm going to be going. There's a place that I'm going. It's in order to pay that price for your sin. And then I'll be going to the Father for good. And I'm going to come back for you. I'm going to take you with me. That's the promises of God when our hearts are troubled. This is how Jesus ministered to his disciples and how he wants to minister to you. And I pray that you would surrender that fear to the Lord. Lord, you know I'm afraid. Would you send your spirit to comfort me, to remind me of your truth? Send your spirit to heal my heart. Send your spirit to speak truth into my life about the future, which we don't know. But we do know one thing, that I will be with you in your place. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for your promises. I thank you that you remind us that we have hope in heaven and that we have hope in this life, this daily journey that's a struggle. And Father, thank you that you, you don't just push us away when we're fearful. You don't just make fun of us. 
but that you step right into that pool and, and you lift us out of the water when we feel like our heads are covered, like we're going under. Thank you, Father, for the Gospel of John and, and the reminder that, that you prepare a place for us and that surely you will come back to take us with you. I thank you for heaven. I thank you for the hope that we have that we'll be in eternity celebrating life with you. And I thank you, Father, for your son Jesus who has provided a way for us to have a relationship with you, his death on the cross for our sin. Thank you, Father, for your son. And thank you that we have life through him. Father, may you be glorified this morning. May our hearts be drawn to you, I pray. Continue to remind us of the beautiful hope we have in you. Amen.